episode 14 of 14. Religious Sanity. Yes, yeah. Here I, with Pastor Andrew. I, I, I thought something, what is on my mind, I just returned from my study leave. Uh, I went to New Mexico and uh, Colorado and Arizona mm. to study uh, old indigenous people mm. and uh, they are called ancestral Pueblo culture. There, there are definitely uh, some religion aspects of it mm -hmm. or that was why I went there, you know. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, primary focus was to go to Chaco Canyon which is uh, just uh, absolutely amazing uh, experience uh, and where is that that's in um, very close to what is called four corners oh okay yes uh, you know yes. so this is in New Mexico uh, it is uh, like northern western part of New Mexico. Uh, this is where the four states meet. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's it's very secluded area, you know, very very distant from almost anything. Uh, we flew to Albuquerque, but then we could not go to Chaco Canyon directly because uh, it was a holiday weekend uh, for. Um, as they started call, to call it, and over there it was everywhere called uh, Indigenous People's uh, Holiday. Right. They changed uh, it, yeah. in, instead of Columbus Day, yeah. you know, they, they call it there everywhere th this way. Uh, and uh, so we could not go there directly because there, there are no hotels. The closest hotel with the commuting distances to Chaco Canyon is something like an hour away wow. or hour and a half away driving. Wow. So, you know, you, we would be losing like three hours a day by going there and returning, bef you know, at the yeah. dusk. So uh, the only way of, of being there is actually camping there. Mm -hmm. And even for camping, we could not get uh, camping spots uh, there uh, when we wanted so we wow. had to linger around <laughs> for a while wow. and eventually could go in and and camp there for three nights uh, during the day it's it's it, it was autumn so you know during the day it was reasonable temperatures not as hot as it could be in summer but in the at night it was really cold. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, you know those are logistics. Uh, but uh, you know it tells you also how how far away from anything it is. Uh, Farmington, uh, New Mexico, is probably the closest larger place, mm. and it is definitely something like an hour hour drive wow. by car. Most of it, or at least half of it, time wise, uh, on dirt road. Huh. washboard <laughs> you know the wow. uh, difficult driving uh, and that's from one direction from the other direction it's even more complicated and difficult and they are strongly discouraging it coming huh. there from south you know so uh, it's it's very very secluded uh, but well you know traveled well, people go there all the time as I said we could hardly get a camping yeah. spot there and um, 
it's amazing, really. You know, you, you, you probably saw in some of the documentaries those big Puebla, you know, Pueblo Bonito is very, very famous for, you know, that D-shape uh, Pueblo oh. uh, down in the canyon floor. Y you know, I, I try to take some photography, uh, but it never really translates that well, mm. especially if you take pictures from... Uh, drones are not allowed, and I, I don't drive, uh, fly any drone, yeah. but, you, you know, that might be a uh, helpful way of giving you impression, you know, how yeah. large it is. Uh, taking a uh, regular photography from a cliff above, you, you don't recognize how large it is, right. because you don't see those people there, you know, on, right. a, on, a, on a floor uh, down on, a, on a that platform uh, of that Pueblo. But it was several story high uh, buildings originally, uh, full of small rooms huh. and large kivas, uh, which were like uh, gathering slash religious slash who knows what uh, spaces, uh, round rooms, uh, originally roofed. Uh, and um, you know, and a number of these structures there. You know, that's not just uh, one large pueblo. Mm -hmm. It was one among many. And uh, so now it they started to be constructed like twelve hundred years ago. Oh. Uh, people moved out. I think something like 800 years ago and they never really, you know, built anything more. Yeah. So the last stage is uh, 800 years ago, wow. but uh, just amazing structures and uh, uh, all inspiring. And the other thing is no one really knows what it was for. And, and why particularly was it there? Why did they choose that? Is there some reason? Uh, uh that, that's, uh, environmentally, that's, why they chose that, that? That's another reason. No, uh, you, you know, to begin with, uh, they were most likely not living there. So mm. they were building these cities, really, you know, or towns, at least, uh, which could accommodate thousands of people based upon uh, the number of rooms there. Mm. And there were hardly any piles of rubbish around mm -hmm. you, you know if, if you have a um, permanent uh, living accommodations uh, p people are living and they are producing uh, nolens volens whether they want or not they yeah. are producing rubbish you know yeah. and and there were hardly any there you know from some construction rubbish uh, some organic but definitely not corresponding mm. to the size of, of those structures there. Even um, fireplaces, not everywhere and not enough, mm. uh, you know, remnants of charcoal uh, or, you know, ash from, from those, uh, you know, from for because in the winter it's snowing there, you know, so mm. if they live there, whole year they would have to heat those places and not much was there you know uh, and not enough uh, burials either mm. 
you know, I think that it's like into maximum will be like into hundreds, but with the size of these places and the length of the time, it should be thousands of burials mm -hmm. and they are not there. You know, so no one really knows what was the proper purpose for it. They, they, the most recent thinking is that it functioned as an, a pilgrimage place. Mm. You know, that they would gather there from all different directions uh, for certain holidays and stay there for that period. Um, probably expand, build up a little bit and then again kind of disperse into their other more regular places where they lived. Mm -hmm. But what really caught me personally was uh, recognition of a structure which is part of all these Puebla and that is what I mentioned, Kiva, that is uh, like a round space. These days, uh, modern Puebla, which are regularly inhabited, and that's the difference between Chaco Canyon Puebla and, and a modern Puebla, uh, that they uh, they are regularly inhabited, mm -hmm. you know, modern Puebla. Uh, and they have kivas also, and they are used for uh, religious rituals. Kachina dances, uh, which are like mask dances, uh -huh. and um, and and preparing and organizing for it. Uh, only men are there uh, for for those gatherings. Uh, women enter only when serving food. I think that's what I heard. But you know, those are the modern ones, and we saw like tops of it because it's modern kivas are m underground and uh, you see actually only the entrances through the roof and the ladders which are sticking out hmm. <laughs> um, and I saw them uh, uh, but uh, these old ones were structured similarly definitely had a central opening uh, in the roof or ceiling but they had also entrances from the sides and that makes it slightly different uh, uh, than, than modern kivas uh, but there is clear continuation of, of that structure and, uh, and probably to some degree uh, uh, of the cultural and religious functioning of that space. Uh, we, we traveled uh, then from, uh, from Chaco Canyon um, to Mesa Verde in, uh, in, in Colorado. But on our way there, we stopped at Aztec, a town called Aztec, and they have uh, a Pueblo from the same period of time mm -hmm. where they reconstructed one kiva. Archaeologists reconstructed and as, you know, generally, I, I, I don't like it that much, you know, these re reconstructions, but yeah. it was breathtaking, mm -hmm. I must say, this time. You know, I went in uh, and it, it gave me goosebumps. Mm -hmm. 
and you know nothing was going on there yeah. you know uh, what was it about it what was it i don't know it's it's simply that that the round space large round space with four columns uh yeah. i kind of imagine in one uh place where we know uh, that they had a, uh, a fire pit you know or uh heart or fire to give light uh, mm -hmm. most likely and uh, um, with reflector you know like a wall or stones behind which would reflect the heat and uh, to the space um, that was not there of course fire uh, but just imagining it yeah, uh, yeah, that yeah. way uh, was uh, uh, you know these emotions and religious feelings it's so difficult to describe yes, uh, yes. You, you know uh, earlier uh, while we were still uh, Albuquerque uh, they have their and uh, Pueblo culture uh, cultural center and they every day have their presentations and uh, public dances uh, probably not those most sacred and secret dances they keep them for you know for their own uh, kivas mm -hmm. <laughs> or uh, their own communities but they are sharing with the, the rest of the society some of their culture there and just observing those dances and then imagining them or something like that happening uh, in, in Kiva with the drumming and and uh, chanting mostly it's not really singing it's more like a chanting uh, that that was part of that experience in in that reconstructed kiva and i realized how much we are influenced by the space in which we worship you know and and we protestants uh, often love to say that uh, that the church is not the building, but the people gathered right. there, yeah. which I very strongly agree with. Yeah. But at the same time, there clearly is an influence of the space uh, on the people who gather there. And on the experience. On the yeah. experience and, yeah. and how, you, how you feel about it. And uh, that was also why um, Protestants uh, reorganized, or at least Calvinists in early times after Reformation, tried to reorganize churches. Mm. Uh, you normally you have a nave, like in Catholic Church, you and you have the chancel, where is the the altar, and uh, the priests are you know, leading the worship from, and uh, while in, in Calvinistic churches, uh, especially in Holland, uh, in Dutch countries, uh, they reorganized the churches after, you know, Calvinists took over uh, those churches. They, they walled over the chancel, they mm. close it, uh, they created an office there mm. in that space or something like that. Th through that they created a rectangle 
and they moved uh, the pulpit and uh, Lord's table, as they call it, and we still call it. Uh, they moved the Lord's table to the center of the space, more or less, or a little bit off center, and put the pulpit on the longer, lo longer wall. Hmm. So they rotated, more or less, uh, that space. 90 degrees right, right and then created like a semicircle around the lord's table right you know so instead of having the long axis uh, where there is an altar uh, at the end yeah uh, they rotated it 90 degrees so that the pulpit was now in the center of the longer wall uh, Lord's table would be a little off center, but relatively close to the center of the whole room on that uh, shorter axis. Mm -hmm. And then pews were organized like in a circle around or like surrounding it. Yeah. So that was their way of, of creating the space uh, and, and showing of the universal priesthood of all believers. Mm. And I would claim an attempt to, to create a similar space which I experienced uh, in that Kiva. Yeah. Because... Circular... Circular worship kind of space. Yeah. Uh, it, it has a very, very strong kind of feeling of what I would call egalitarian, yeah. um, e equal. Yeah. Uh, of course, they had their own uh, leaders. Yeah. You know, uh, and not everyone was able to dance there, say, at the same time. <laughs> yeah. You know, there were always people who were around the walls, but... Uh, uh, well, well, this, I mean, just imagining it, it se also seems like the energy mm -hmm. is, is, is in a round space, is placed, is, is flowing inward to, the, to mm -hmm. the people rather than kind of an energy that's pu pushed out, like, and probably... An example of that would be the the way the Catholic Church, the, the, the mm -hmm. priest would face yeah. away from the audience. It's almost like the energy is going toward mm -hmm. out the building, yeah. toward what they think God is in the back of the thing, or the represented by the altar. The, right, uh, you, right. You, you know, everybody's and, uh, facing the same way out mm -hmm, into mm -hmm. that, and and the opposite of that would be the circular thing of facing. And there is something to to be said about that old pre-Vatican II arrangement. You, you, mm. you, you know, as much as I'm Protestant mm -hmm. and, and, and so on, uh, you, you know, people were saying, oh, we don't see the priest because he is always facing the other direction. There's something uh, good about that. <laughs> uh, there is something good about it because yeah. it tells that that priest is representing the people. Right. It doesn't but stop with, if he was facing us, it's kind of like it's the energy stops with him. Perhaps, or, he, uh, you, you, you know, uh, he is standing there in place of God right. when he is facing the people. Right. While when he is facing the altar, he is like... Uh, one of uh, one of the people, one facing, of the people yeah. equal, yeah. maybe first among them, you know, right. or specially designated uh, uh, and ordained mm -hmm. to be there. But uh, they are all facing the same direction. So yes. you know, it's it's mixed uh, feelings about those, uh, yeah. and 
I, I think that there is something to be said about those circles, and I'm very happy that our alternative worship in, in our church we call mm -hmm. a broader circle, and we are gathering in a circle. Mm -hmm. you know, and as uh, in the in sanctuary, we are kind of, we have no much options yeah. uh, unless we radically remodel like those yeah. Dutch people, but you know, yeah. that would be even more difficult in our uh, architectural setting. Yeah. But uh, during summer we are in a fellowship hall and we have more freedom and that's exactly what we end up yeah. with doing, you know. We, yes. we, we create a semicircle at least, you know, for alternative worship. We have circle. Yeah. For, um, uh, for worship, occasional worship in, in our uh, coffee hour room next to sanctuary, uh, like in between the holidays and, and so on. That's full circle also, or oval, mm -hmm. you know, but, mm -hmm. you know, the closest would be to describe it as a circle. And, right. uh, and do you, do you I, think I, I like it. And do you think the, 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 that Kiva that you were in, mm -hmm. that, that, that that was the general idea of the, of the construction of, of that being in a circle for this reason? Like, like Absolutely, you know. Yeah. I think, and the other thing is that not only Pueblo people would would worship or would live their communal and spiritual life together that way, but um, we know that Prairie uh, Indians uh, they create circles also. Mm. You know, they have stone circles all over the prairies uh, where they gather for their worship. Uh, they are aligned uh, astronomically because that's important. Uh, that's probably for celebration of certain astronomical events or oh. holidays. Um, and, um, you know, it's not a structure, but it is almost like a predecessor of those structures. And uh, so you see that, that it is quite common feeling or quite common drive among them to, to create these egalitarian worship spaces yeah. uh, or communal spaces which are circular. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was really touched by that and, and recognized that as... Uh, very powerful symbolism. Yeah. And, and you know, those kivas, you know, I mentioned modern Puebla and that it's there. And yeah. uh, in, uh, of course, uh, in Chaco Canyon and in Aztec. And uh, we went to Mesa Verde where they had those cliff houses or cliff dwellings. And there are kivas there and partly reconstructed also. But unfortunately, by the time we got there, they just they're closing, you know, the very last few tours of those places, the very last two days or something like that. So, um, but I, I would very strongly encourage uh, anyone to, mm. to, to go and try to get in touch with uh, our indigenous predecessors here uh, yeah. in the United States. We, we tend to think of them like a semi-wild, uh, uh, nomadic, uh, tent-dwelling 
Yes. And that's not the case. They were building very, very highly structured towns and places. And even though we don't know what the, was the original purpose, say in Chaco Canyon, uh, those were clearly well thought through and beautifully built yeah. uh, large structures and uh, most likely of some spiritual significance mm. rather than for their not necessarily direct dwelling. Mm -hmm. You know, what exactly was that Chaka Canyon? My theory actually is that uh, um, it, it might be almost uh, that they're clearly using it at least partly for um, some kind of uh, pilgrimages and holidays, mm. religious rituals, annual or conference uh, center. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and and I think that it might be that they were building those structures and building those rooms. Most of them were rather small, mm. uh, almost like an meeting with their ancestors mm -hmm. while they were roaming and nom living nomadic mm -hmm. or you know in their other more regular Puebla where they lived mm -hmm. uh, and when someone passed they, they would bury them where they were but to remember them they would go to Chaco Canyon oh. And over there, they'll build the houses for them, or almost like rooms for them, oh. where they remember their grandpa and grandma, mm -hmm. or uh, you know their ancestors there. That 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 would be one of the possible explanations. And sometimes, when someone died during that period, they would bury them there, and that would explain, you know, the not that many burials right there, and yeah. some of them were under the floors of those rooms, uh -huh. you know, on the ground level. But, y you know, that if, if it was a holiday for just a week or something like that, then, you know, that would not be that many uh, who passed away during that period. Yeah. You have the rest of the 49 weeks. <laughs> yeah. And they were out on the prairies or on those open spaces or elsewhere and um, they they would still go back and build for them ever larger structures mm. as the community grew older and more complex and they were constantly building larger and rebuilding those spaces and uh, in stages that mm. needs to be set not mm -hmm. not like constantly mm -hmm. expanding and more in stages but you know once in a while they would say and now we'll add all you know yeah. homes for our ancestors yeah. or reminders of our so that's one of my uh, thoughts as a, as a theory, uh, you, you know a theory, that's yeah. my theory you know why it might be but it was also a trading post uh, clearly and manufacturing poles they mm. were doing some jewelry there mm. so but clearly not and permanent residence right right that's so. what that's what makes it we uh, that's what makes it interesting and unique 
yeah. and mysterious still. Yeah. Well, thank you for bringing this to us oh, today. I, I uh, just was so full of it. Uh, yeah. I, I, I wanted to share and encourage uh, people. If you have an opportunity to really go uh, do it and yeah. uh, just generally being more knowledgeable and paying more attention uh, to those uh, indigenous people who preceded us uh, yes. even here in New York City yes. you know uh, they their remnants and uh, the last because they were living so environmentally friendly, it's mostly gone. Yeah. But they are still uh, some monuments and uh, memorials and some memory of, of their habitation here. Yes. And so learning about them and respecting yes. them, I think, is important for all of us. And recognizing that there was definitely more than just uh, wild heathens, yes. you know, roaming around. Uh, that it was in a highly organized uh, society, yes. uh, ap appropriately for different climatic regions, y you know, and that we behaved very badly towards them yes. and uh, recognizing that as well. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you, thank you. This was wonderful. Until next time. <laughs>